open your Bibles, if you would, to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. Our text is very short, just three syllables in Hebrew, a couple more than that in English. 20 verse 14, the seventh commandment, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not commit adultery. Let's pray. Father, it's a little command with a huge shadow, a huge set of implications that flow from it. Lord, we ask that you would teach us to love your precepts, help us to love your law, make us a chaste people who love to use our sexuality rightly in wisdom, in the fear of God, and in the joy and comfort of the Holy Spirit. We ask that your spirit would be present, that he would open our hearts to hear your word, that he would cleanse our minds, that he would redeem us from the filth of this present evil age, and that he would help us to understand your vision, your creating order for human sexuality. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if last week's sermon was special issues in the seventh commandment, as it were, this one it returns to the more normal pattern of what is required in the seventh commandment. Uh, what is required in the seventh commandment, part two, as it were. So we talked last week about being male and being female, how men are called to work and to guard from Genesis 2.15, how women are called to make homes and glorify from Proverbs 14 and 1 Corinthians 11. This week, we're going to continue to talk about being male and female, but we're going to talk about it specifically with how do you use that sexuality, that being male, that being female, and how do you use it chastely? What is chastity? How can I be chaste? That is what we'll discuss this morning. Essentially, When we see this commandment, don't commit adultery, we are confronted immediately with the sexual insanity of our culture. Fish don't know that they're wet. We don't know just how filthy our minds are. We've gotten to the point where filth passes for cleanness. Oh, I wouldn't find that tempting. I wouldn't find that titillating. Because... I have no idea what chastity is. So this particular piece of filth doesn't even excite me anymore. That is essentially where we're at. Into that culture, this commandment speaks and tells us Jesus loves chastity. He made them in the beginning, male and female. He gave us sexuality and he told us to use it rightly. That's all that chastity is. It is the virtue of making right use of your sexuality. Temperance is the ability to make right use of your appetites in general, not eating too much, not drinking too much. Justice is the virtue that makes right use of your ability to evaluate evidence and decide. Chastity is the virtue that makes right use of your ability, of your status as male or female. So since Jesus loves chastity, You and I are called to be chaste. That is what is required in the seventh commandment. So let's start once again with a little bit of review. What is sex? 
First thing I'm going to say, some of you have heard this rant because it's one of my favorites, but the reality is that sexuality is a state of being. I compared it last week to handedness. The two hands are identical, except that they're not. They are mirror images of one another. The two sexes are identical, except that they're not. They are mirror images of one another. Male and female are both equally human, just as right and left are both equally hands, and yet they are utterly different and totally the same. That is the glory of human sexuality. The the architects or the I don't know. I'm not sure who to blame for this. We could just call it the devil, the world, the flesh. The three of them have conspired together to take this concept of sexuality, which God made as male and female, that's what sex is, and turn it into a verb having sex. That verb is utterly ridiculous and should be banished from Christian conversation because to turn sexuality from a state of being into an act is the first step required to destroy obedience to the seventh commandment. It's a little bit complicated to put it that way. I prefer to just say it this way. You were born having sex. You were born male. You were born female. Sexuality is something that you are, not a performance that you do. Hence, our culture's dictum, gender is a performance, is utterly, radically, and completely false. It is an attack, a piece of heavy artillery directed right at the foundations of human personality to say that gender is a performance and to say that sex and gender are two different things that may or may not coincide or have anything to do with one another, and that sexuality, therefore, is not a binary condition of being male or being female, but is rather a state of being attracted to or turned on by something, anything, nothing, everything, etc. So you, uh, there are many people out there who are exploring different sexualities, different sexual identities, who would be a sexual minority, something like that. All of that comes from denying that sex is a state of being and trying to turn it into a state of mind or into an act. Sexual activity, by definition, is not activity that turns you on. Sexual activity is activity that makes use of your nature as male or female, and brings you into contact with your sexual counterpart in the opposite sex. So anyway, all of that is to say that chastity is the virtue that makes right use of your sexuality. If you don't know what your sexuality is, you cannot be chaste. If you don't know whether you're male or female, If you think you are non-binary or something in between, something different, something other than male or female, then you're off the path. There is no way to be obedient to God in some sexual identity other than 
male or female. Because God made us to be one of, and only one of, those two and only two options. Male and female created he them, as we saw last week in Genesis chapter 1. So chastity is the virtue of making right use of your sex. To use your sexuality rightly, you have to know what you are. And you have to know what your sexuality is for. So even if you understand, I'm male, I'm female, the next step in keeping the seventh commandment is to understand, what is maleness for? Why am I male? What does that have to do with anything? Why am I female? What does that have to do with anything? There's wrong answers out there. My sexuality is purely for pleasure. I am outfitted with this ability to feel great. Therefore, I should use it whenever, wherever, however I can. I am a bull among the cows or a rooster among the hens. That is how a lot of men especially tend to think. Or there's the reproductive side. Not as common in our culture, but certainly some people, oh, this is so I can have a child who will love me. This is what this is all about. And a lot of people put a religious veneer on that. Sexuality is only for the purposes of having children. That is what this is. You are male just so that you can be a father, and that is the sum total of masculinity. And therefore, right, if you're a little boy, well, sorry, there's nothing good you can do with your sex right now. Just wait till you're a dad. Or, another wrong answer, I'm a sexual being by accident. It doesn't matter what I do or what my sexuality is. It isn't for anything. It just is. And therefore, I can do whatever I want. If I want to cut it off, if I want to change it, who cares? It was an accident from the start. These are all wrong answers that are out there in our culture, and there are plenty of people who adopt each of these paradigms. The biblical answer, though, is that sexuality is so you can serve and glorify God as a sexed being. God made you a man so you could serve him in a manly way. God made you a woman so you could serve him in a womanly way. As we talked about last week, it is not activities that are sexed. To say, well, making soup is a female thing, Sewing handkerchiefs is a female thing, but moving heavy dirt, that's a male thing. No, activities are not sexed. It is social roles that are sexed. And we talked about the obvious ones, the biggies, fatherhood, motherhood, husband, wife, king, queen. These are sexed roles within human society. Persons are sexed, and there are sexed positions in human society. So God has created us to fill those positions. Why are you a man? You are a man to work and to guard. That is what your sexuality is for, whether you're 2 or 20 or 120. If you're a woman, you are to make a home. You are to glorify. And again, whether you're 2, whether you're 20, whether you're 120, that is your calling as a woman. So what does chastity require? It requires you to know 
what sex you are. It requires you to know what your sex is for. And then it also requires you to be content with your sex. This commandment, like the others, depends on, is integrated tightly with the other nine. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor shalt thou covet thy neighbor's sex. Oh, I wish I were a woman. Oh, I wish I were a man. No. By making you a man, by making you a woman, God has said, this is what you are. You are called to be content with that. If you're made poor, you could become rich. That, right? Economic status can change. Social status can change. But if you are made male or female, that does not change. So God says, be content. I've made you to this. Embrace this. That is one basic, obvious first step in chastity. And then the second step, and the one where I think more people in this room are likely to struggle, is the contentment with singleness or marriage. What is my sexuality for? It is for nothing without the other half. So think many singles. If I'm a woman and I'm unhappy and single, what's the point? I need a man or my life is empty. Or the single man thinking, I need a woman, or my life is empty. My sexuality is so much for a spouse that I forget that it is for God as well. Chastity does mean that your sexuality is for God and your spouse. But if you don't have a spouse, your sexuality is for God alone. Now that can be very hard to take. I don't need a man, I have Jesus. He's a man. But he's a man who's far away. And he's in heaven. And he's not there to fix the car or whatever there's a woman you want from your man, right? Chastity is difficult. We violate the seventh commandment by using our sexuality for our own gratification. That is not what sexuality is for. It's not for you. It is for God and your spouse. Of course, that then is the world's fundamental error. You will find that in the world it is absolutely unquestioned. Your sexuality is for you. To make you feel good. To help you experience the pleasure and the fulfillment and the whatnot that you might want out of life. That is not the case, my friends. We violate the seventh commandment every time we use our sexuality for our own gratification as opposed to using it for God and our spouse. So, how do you use your sexuality? You use it by making your specific sex contribution to the dominion mandate, the great commission, the great commandment, as we saw last week. Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. That is the dominion mandate That is what we are called, all of us, to do. That is the basic program, the basic marching orders for the human race. Because our society has deliberately forgotten this, that sexuality is not for me, it is for my spouse or my God, or actually for both. Because our culture has forgotten this, 
they don't know how to be chaste. If you start with the assumption that my sexuality is for me, you cannot be chaste. You cannot make right use of your sexuality because you have started from the wrong spot. So how do you be chaste? How do you make right use of your sexuality? The first answer, and the obvious one, the one that's so obvious that it's actually rejected in many quarters, is marriage. So I have, we have our prayer sheet, and on the back of the prayer sheet is our, my deliberately inflammatory title, We Have a Chastity Problem. So in there I have some fairly recent data. It doesn't come right up through the present day, but the trends are obvious enough. If you look at the charts, you see that it's very clear that the marriage rate has crashed right alongside the world fertility rate. That is, if you understand the purpose of the human race as be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, we are busy rejecting that mandate. Rather than being fruitful and multiplying, getting married, staying married, and having children, people worldwide, right? the marriage graph is just for the United States, the fertility rates show the entire world. Rather than being fruitful and multiplying, filling the earth, humanity as a whole has turned away from that mandate and is now busy, more busy with the other side of it, subdue the earth. That's the last piece of it. Tread down the earth. Technological mastery of the planet has been embraced to the exclusion of the other part of the dominion mandate. In other words, the human race has not forgotten the entire thing. This is more what we do. We tend to toward selective obedience. Well, God made me a commission that involved all of these items. I will pick one and pull that out and say, that's what I want to do. And I'll shove the others aside and forget them. So we are so busy subduing the planet, talking about all kinds of things, spending vast sums of money on all kinds of things to bend nature to our will, even if our will right, is rewilding and getting carbon out of the atmosphere and things like that. We're so busy with subduing the earth that we have forgotten about filling the earth. So the world total fertility rate is still slightly above replacement, but just barely, as you can see from the chart. And the trend has been all one direction uh, for the last 75 years or so. So it, just briefly, if you want to look into the future, you can see Japan's total fertility rate uh, in 1960 was already below replacement. Japan was the first country in the world to legalize abortion in the year 1948. So 1948, right, that's 25 years before the United States legalized abortion. So if you want to see what the U.S. will look like in 25 years, Look at Japan. Empty villages. Vacant homes. Their population has fallen every year since 2010 and shows no sign of doing the slightest bit of recovering. 
House prices in Japan, unlike in the rest of the rich world, are now about 50% lower than they were 30 years ago. So if you could get permanent residency and can't afford a home, you may want to think about it. But there is a chastity problem. There is a problem with the dominion mandate and specifically with the marriage part of the dominion mandate. If you're an unhappy single looking around and saying, where are all the life partners? You are not alone. As this marriage rate graph so clearly testifies, there are many, many others in that same boat. Because, why? Well, because we have a chastity problem. We have started to believe that my sexuality is for me, not for my God and my spouse. And therefore, if my sexuality is for me, I will use it on me. Why should I commit to a spouse? I'm not here to give. I'm here to get. So, how do you be chaste? Well, the first remedy for unchastity is, no doubt, marriage. We have a chastity problem in our society and in our churches. Most of us have a duty to be married in order to keep the seventh commandment. There are some people whom scripture references who have the gift of chastity, or the gift of celibacy rather, who are able to say, I don't need to be married. My sexuality is for God and I am fine with that. That doesn't bother me a bit. You can lie to yourself and say that, but there are some people for whom that is true. Those people are generally a tiny minority of the human race. For example, a census done around the year 1700 discovered that perhaps 1% of the population of Europe were celibate Catholic clergy, monks, or nuns. And what does that tell us? That in a society where the vocation of celibacy is honored, is valued, is likely to be economically higher status than wherever you were born into, in that society, 99% of the people say, I need to be married. I'm not interested in the vocation of celibacy. Well, uh, nowhere near 99% of Americans are married. Less than half of American adults are married. Somewhere around 45%, 42%, I believe. So, to be chaste, young men especially, this is on you. If you are a single man in this church, and you have made no effort to pursue a girl in the last few months, you haven't written to a girl, written to her dad, etc., you know, taken steps down this path, I believe that the Seventh Commandment suggests that you are likely not taking the steps you should to pursue chastity. If you do not have relative certainty that you are endowed with the gift of chastity, you should be pursuing marriage. The enemy is attacking, is attacking at this point relentlessly because he keeps winning here. Look at the chart. Why would he attack anywhere else? He would be stupid to try to make us all Aryans right now when he can win victory after victory after victory in the area of human sexuality. 
Why bother trying to make us heretics when we're happy to watch thinly disguised porn shows or even not disguised at all? So don't tell me you're just too shy, just too content, etc., just too new. Get out there and look for a life partner with whom you can share your sexuality. And young ladies, what? Pray for the men to be like that. Maybe you already are. But this is something where the church as a whole needs to be putting far, far more resources. This is our basic law. Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. And this is something where we are catastrophically failing. The second remedy for unchastity, the second way to be chaste, is work. Have a vocation and do that vocation. Sitting around with nothing to do, idle hands are the devil's workshop. God made us to work. Even if you are not being fruitful and multiplying, you should be subduing the earth by performing the work of your ordinary calling in a daily, rigorous way. Work is not something that you do after you're married. Work is something you do for your whole life. That is our calling as human persons. My father works till now, and I work, Jesus said, in order to say, you all should imitate me. You, too, should be working. Third remedy for for the problem of unchastity, a third way to be chaste, is watchfulness. Chastity is not just going to happen any more than any other virtue in this fallen world. Your depravity is total, your flesh is corrupt, and the world around us is completely insane on this point. We're going to talk about this more next week, of course, under the heading of what is forbidden in the seventh commandment. What's required, what's required is watchfulness, limits to where you go, particularly on the web. Conversations. If this topic of sexuality and your own sexual sins is off limits with everyone you know, you have a major chastity problem. If you can't discuss this, if you can't talk about this, I'm not saying you should talk about it with everyone, but if you can't talk about it with anyone, you have a problem. And if you can honestly, before God, say, I think I'm pretty good at this. I believe that I exercise the virtue of chastity in an upright way. Then God is calling you to mentor and to help those out there, those in this church, who don't have that ability. If you are chaste, there is an unchaste person here who needs you in their life. Pray together to talk, to encourage one another. The wisest man in the Bible... Solomon, the strongest man in the Bible, Samson, the man after God's own heart, they all fell into sexual sin. But if you're wiser than Solomon, more godly than the author of the Psalms, stronger than Samson, you don't need to be watchful. But if you're not some mega compound of Samson, David, Solomon, and Jesus, you need to watch to guard, and to talk about this. As a community, we can't discuss it with anyone. We are misusing our sexuality. We are unchaste. 
So again, what's the purpose of sexuality? We are like God, who is Father. We are like Jesus, who is Son. We are like the Bride of Christ and the Mother of God. These female archetypes, they're held up to us in Scripture. Male archetypes. God made you, men, to be like Him in manliness. He made you, women, to be like His bride. To be like Lady Wisdom. You are like the one whom the Son of Man loves. You are the one, as the church, whom the Son of Man loves. That's why you should be chaste. That's why you should pursue holiness in this area of sexuality. Don't commit adultery. Do use your sexuality rightly for God and for your spouse because Jesus is chaste and he loves chastity. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would help us to pursue holiness, particularly in this area of the seventh commandment where our society and our world have gone bonkers. Father, we pray for the young men who are single that you would give them the strength to pursue relationships in a world where it seems very unrewarding and difficult. Uh, We pray for the young women that you would provide them with godly husbands. Lord, we pray that you would help us as a church, that you would help the chaste ones to help the unchaste, that you would make us a sexually sane and happy and contented people rather than the pleasure-mad, unhappy, angry people that the world is full of. Lord, give us the grace to keep your statutes with thankfulness and proper awe, we ask in the name of your Son, the Son of Man, the chaste bridegroom of our hearts. Amen.